The following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. You've got the intentional foul with Josh and Dan coming up this week. Maybe it's better the Brewers didn't make the World Series. Got the Bears and the Patriots. Dan will break that down. Packers, according to Mr. Saunders, the denial is not a river in Egypt. We'll go around the league. The Bucks are off to a pretty good start. We'll touch on that. And yeah, the Badgers did win, but it's Illinois. Big whoop. Yeah. All that this week on Intentional Foul. How we doing? Good, man. You? <sighs> hanging in there? Yeah, hanging in there. Get You know, we got a three-week ba- break until basketball. Yeah, so yeah. Watching some high school football and getting set for the state championship games. Kind of exciting to watch. Is no other area teams are left except Edgerton, and that's a really good running game. I'm kind of debating going on Friday to watch against the uh, defending state champion. Yeah, I heard you say in, that this morning in, on the radio. In, in that division. So, I don't know. We'll see. Otherwise, it's going to be an all-football weekend, and I'm kind of kind of pumped about it. Yeah? Yeah. Some couch time? Didn't much needed couch time. Yeah, that boy. For sure. Get it out of your system. That's it, because <laughs> once, once basketball starts, once we're, we're, our weekends are over. Once mid-November hits, I will talk to you in March. That's right. That's about it. All right, so you went to a couple of... Uh, a couple of games over at Miller Park for the uh, Brewers NLCS. Thank you for the towel. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah, I was at, uh, I think, three of the four home games. Uh, did not go to game six, but did go to game seven. Game six, I was at the uh, Pfizer Forum for the Bucks home opener. You're getting around over there in Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I am I need a little break myself from, <laughs> I think I made about eight trips over there in the last three weeks. So hey, Good tourism dollars yeah, spent. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. All right. But, uh yeah, uh, you know, obviously we we want the Brewers to make the World Series. I was asked if this week was going to be more negative than last week. Oh, no. <laughs> if, last if week. You, first of all, <laughs> if you think last week was negative, you ain't seen nothing yet. Just wait. <laughs> okay. But no, this week. No, I mean, the, as far as the Brewers go, I mean, obviously we both wanted them to make the World Series. Oh, I and mean, yes. I wanted to go to a World Series game in Milwaukee. Same. I wanted some World Series gear. Yep. Um. But, you know, when I walked out of Miller Park, you know, after that loss in Game 7, I was not nearly as upset as I was in 2011 when they lost to the Cardinals. Um, Probably the opponent had something to do with that, though, as well. The the opponent and uh, the fact that in 2011 it was kind of a one-shot deal. You know, we all knew Fielder was leaving. Greinke was a rental. You know, some guys uh, played a little over their head like a Niger Morgan. So. You know, that was kind of a uh, World Series or bus team where this one was a little more, um, you know, probably not for them, but for us a little bit surprising that they ended up winning 102 games this year, uh, making it to a a seventh game of the NLCS. I'm just glad I don't have to hear Joe Buck just drool over Josh Hader. I mean, that's great that you get the accolades for obviously a dude who is awesome, but... I don't think Buck knew anybody else was playing on the Brewers except for Josh Hader. Well, that's kind of what announcers do these Man. days. I mean, if it's a 
He yeah. does the same thing during the Packer game. Him and Aikman love some Aaron Rodgers, and just they, they love they love in. Brady. And it's like anybody that's good, they just kind of forget that anybody else is on the field <laughs> that's for a what while. It but like, but uh, you know, we'll, we can get into it a little bit. I didn't uh, see much of Game Six because, like I said, I was at the Bucks at, yeah, Arena. We right. were kind of. Uh, it was actually pretty cool. Um, you know, the game started. Uh, the Buck game started a little after the Brewer game started, yep. and. Um, we were at Monterey, so I didn't I didn't get a chance to watch it all, but we were following in the press box. Yeah, and and the Brewers I, they scored I think four runs yep. in the first inning, yep. and right the, off to a good start. You know, there were the new arena over there. I'll get into that a little bit, but it's it's pretty pretty spectacular, and they got TVs everywhere. And when uh, Aguiar got that double in the first mm-hmm. inning to get the first run, all of a sudden you could hear in the distance this roar. People out in the concourse, out in the concourse, and in and different, you know, in the suites and stuff that had TVs, and then everybody all of a sudden's pulling out their, their phone phones. and checking their phone. So that was pretty cool. To, if I couldn't be at the game, at least I was in, you know, had an experience where everybody was following it. Right. Um, but game seven was, you know, question some questionable decision making, I would say, um, by the Brewers. Um, it was. I heard Bill Simmons call it the overmanaging Olympics and nobody won uh, between the Brewers and the Dodgers, specifically Council and, and Dave Roberts. Um, a lot of weird stuff went on in that series. You know, position players starting, getting one at bat, getting yanked. Right. Uh, starting pitchers facing one batter, getting yanked. Um, the the Game 7, you know, there. <sighs> There were some missed opportunities throughout the series from the Brewers. I think oh, runners they probably should have won. Were, were abysmal. Yeah, I mean they the, the you kept looking for a clutch hit from somebody, anybody, mm-hmm. and it just didn't happen. No, and and you know they start off well. Yelich hits that home run yep. in the sec, in the in the first inning, um, and really got everybody going. And I I thought okay, we're gonna get this is gonna be one of these nights where the Brewers score seven or eight runs. Um, unfortunately, that was no. all they got. Um, they had a they had an opportunity in the fourth inning. Shaw uh, led off the inning with a double off the wall, and again, they could not get him to even to third base, which is kind of you, you got to do that. At it's least. kind of an indictment of baseball as a whole. Uh, you know, you can point to the Brewers and say, "Yeah, the guys behind Shaw, they got to get him over," but that's not what these guys do anymore. You know, when you put Jesus oh, Aguirre that, behind that Shaw. lineup, his job no. is not to hit a sacrifice fly that advances the runner or lay a bunt down or, or, or hit, hit one a grounder to the right side. No, that doesn't work. No. That's, that's not the 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 days of giving up outs are are over for the most part. Um, so that was that was a tough one. And then the, the decision that I think everybody will be scratching their heads at all winter long was um, taking out Josh Hader in the – uh, pinch hitting for him in the fifth inning. Um, Domingo Santano comes up, who had been he'd been, who'd pretty, been hot. He'd been pretty good in that role. I'll give him that. Yep. But he comes up, and he strikes out looking, and then two batters later, uh, Yelich hits one to the wall, and Taylor makes a sliding catch on the warning track to rob him of for sure a double, possibly a triple, and an RBI. I texted you at that point. And that was pretty much the game. Um that, I didn't like the hater decision. I, I thought that in a game seven, he had just, yeah, he, yeah, he had pitched three innings, but, you know, you, all I hear is innings don't matter. It's about pitches. He had only thrown about 25, 28 pitches, something like that. Um, you know, that's 
that was a situation where I'm running him out there as long as I can possibly run him out there. I think it was a two to one game at yes. the time, so it wasn't like you were getting blown out. From what I saw from pundits and experts on Twitter at the time, they were very concerned, both statewide and national guys, that his velocity had started to drop. And any other any other pitcher would have been gone sooner, but one thing that he has I mean, guys can tee off on fastballs, and if you drop your velocity and you lose a little movement on some other stuff, that that's gonna be that's gonna be a little rough. So it's not like I disagreed with it, but that's just the one thing I took away from the fact that okay, that must be the reason why, and it's situational and it coincides, and that's what they went with. I'm not saying that I was a fan. I'm not saying I didn't like it. It's just that's the way it lined up to me. Well, and again, and and I think we talked a little bit about it last week. Um, you know, the the new age baseball guys would probably argue to the death about this, but to me, that was a perfect situation where it was glaring that the Brewers didn't have a guy as a starter that they could rely on in a game like that that they know they can get four to six innings out of him. You know, Chassin had a great year, but he's not that guy. And I think to, for anybody to expect him to be that guy, they're you know you're you're wishing. Um, but I guess you know he only at, goes two innings, look, and, he, and those two innings were a struggle. Look at all the other three teams in the final four. They have at least two, maybe even three guys that you could put in that situation, and they could give you what you ask of them in that amount of innings. You know what I mean? Like sure. they, and 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 the other guys that they have they have started that are in their bullpen that made the the postseason roster, you could go to them too and they could probably give you some long inning relief. Mm-hmm. The Milwaukee didn't they didn't have that this year. Especially when they went to the postseason, you don't have that guy that you can lean on and say we need this much because the bullpen had been so good where it flipped the script where before you all you got to do is get to the bullpen. Can you give me the this many innings? Now it's how quickly can we get to the bullpen? Well, and I think it was very obvious, especially in Game 7, that those guys were gassed. Yeah. You know, if haters' velocity's dropping, um, they bring in uh, Xavier Cedeno, who hasn't got a guy out in three weeks, and of course he, <laughs> true to form, can't get the guy out that he's supposed to get out. Then you bring Jefferson, who has basically pitched every day for the last month. And the Dodgers have seen him six out of the seven games of the series. And, you know, he gives up a home run and everybody's screaming about how bad he is. Well, yeah, he struggled in the series. There's no denying he that. He had but really been lights out in the playoffs, no, period. But I, I just think it I think it comes to a point with these guys where the combination of fatigue and when you're in a series like that, the repetition of seeing the same stuff over and over and over. Um, I think it came back to bite the Brewers a little bit. Okay, so now does anything change going towards next season as far as that mentality? You're going to have another couple of new guys in the rotation, probably. You're going to have to fill some spots in the bullpen accordingly because of them coming in, and you don't know whether that bullpen is going to be lights out. Most everybody will be there, but do you have that same mentality now during the regular season? Are we going to see in the first half of the season – some bullpen games that we saw in the oh, second no, half and even the and, and even the playoffs. No question. And and I've you know, I've got an 
how do I say this? Discussions. I've got an idea from people I've talked to okay. that there may be a that's, that's good. Um, a starting pitching by committee idea going into next year. Um, the Brewers are going to have coming back seven or eight guys that technically are starters. If you include Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta, Peralta and Brandon, Brandon Woodruff, Woodruff yeah. and throw them in the mix with Anderson Davies, Chassin, Jimmy Nelson. So and and Miley, if they bring him back, he's a free do, agent. Do they go but, out and yeah. sign somebody um, of possibly two starting pitchers in the same game where you're with the thinking being they don't want to let a starting pitcher see the lineup twice. So let's say Chassin yep. starts and he pitches to the first nine guys and he gets through three innings. Then they bring in uh, Chase Anderson and he pitches the third through the sixth and pitches through nine guys, or maybe he only gets through two and a third and then they go to the bullpen. Um, Interesting. I, I I don't know why you would do that. I, I mean, you know, 150 years of baseball would say it's not necessary to yeah. do that. Um, but that's kind of the way. You're, you're the old guy in Moneyball now. Who's Fabio? Well, right. It, it, it kind of seems to be the way the Brewers as an organization are well. shifting. Um, so it's going to take some time for us as fans to get used to that. Um, if it even works, if it even works, if it does, it could very well just blow up. And this, look, I, th- I've always believed this about baseball. I'm a firm believer in, for the most part, relievers are year to year guys. Yes. So for anybody to expect, I, I think Josh Hader's a great young pitcher, but for anybody to expect him next year to do the same to do thing. exactly what he did this year, to expect Jeffress next year to ha- have a 1.3 ERA the entire season. It, it happened this year with, with Knable. He was amazing last year. Yep. He, he didn't got... have a very good year this year nope. until the last month. So And that was he, after he came back from an injury. Exactly. Injury and a demotion. Right. So to expect these guys to reproduce next year what they did this year, um, it, it, it's probably not going to happen. Okay, now go to the pitch or, or go to the go to the the, the, the position players. Um, Granderson probably not going to be back, I would think. Right. Um, the only other guy that's really of question is Mustakas, who's got a fifteen million dollar mutual option. So, are you willing to write out of the gate, pay that guy a ton of money, who's only with you for what half the season, about? Mm-hmm. And put him at third, and then do the Shaw experiment. Are you counting on Keston Hira to come up and and eat up some innings at second base? Is Orlando Arcia still your everyday shortstop? I mean, are are we going to play this? You know, does it matter how good you are, what you're making? If you can get some innings at this position, we're going to play you over there. Well, it, I, I I'd be surprised if Mustakas is back. That's um, a lot of money for somebody. If they're going to play matchups a lot. Well, I just think that they've got, you know, they're in a position where they've got so many guys that do the same thing and play the same position. Right. You know, it's if if you bring Moose back, okay, you can put shot second some days. Maybe he can play first some days. And then you give Aguiar a break. What are you going to do with Thames? What do you, what happens with you Perez? Put him in the outfield what, again. What, what happens with Santana, yeah. with Broxton? You've got a lot of guys here that are starter caliber players. Some of them might not be back because they could be trade bait. It's possible. It's very possible. Some of them are eligible for arbitration. They're eligible for raises. You don't know how that's all going to play out. 
Um, you've got Keston Wera in the minors. You've got Mauricio Dubon in the minors. Harder court said you know, you'd probably see him yeah, at some point th- at Miller those, Park next year. Those two kids are middle infielders, so it doesn't make a lot of sense to sign Moustakis to put Shaw in the middle infield. Plus, you still got Scope. What are you going to do with him? Is he going to be a placeholder until Keston comes up? Does Dubon start this? There's so many questions. But it seems like they're all the all the strength of all these guys is in the bat mostly, except for maybe Arcia and Scope. Yeah, mostly. I mean, you know, here is hitting the cover off the ball mm-hmm. at at the levels that he's been. I don't know much about Dubon. You're probably more. Uh, in tune with that, but you've got all these guys that hopefully can be flexible in the field, and the glove is not necessarily their strength, but when they get to the plate, they can mash. Yeah, and it's it's going to depend on what kind of team they want to build. Um, you know, I, the 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 depth mantra that they had this year, I think that's something going forward that they're going to try to live by. You know, it's awful nice to have a couple guys in the minor leagues like Domingo Santana and Keon Broxton that, you know, if Braun goes on the DL, Lorenzo Kane is now going to be 33, I believe, next year. Mm. You know, to expect him to play 155 games is, Do is you, stretching it. You never know when he's hurt because he always looks like yeah, he's he, hurt. He does. He does. He's got that, that, he's got that gait, little, you know. Little, yeah, little thing. And then if you want to actually have him hit a cutoff, man, it's going to bring rain from the top of the stadium. It's a good problem to finally have, though, because oh, a lot of I years totally we, we're, we're sitting here going, who's going to be this are, third or fourth yeah, guy? Who, who are these guys right. that just played yeah, no, the last six weeks I of the agree. season? You know? I don't disagree at all. That's a, It is. It's a, it's a good problem to have. I don't think anybody should be looking for any major free agents acquisitions or, or trades like last year. Stern said that yesterday. He said, you know, to expect something like the Yelich Kane thing that happened last, you know this past off season not looking as anything no. as dramatic kind of once in a generation type off season that they had but last i year. wouldn't doubt it if he makes a couple of moves to send this guy or acquire that guy and they're not top level guys but just something to further solidify that roster because he's always looking to do that the guy for me that you know in fairness to the player almost should be traded because I think he's too good to not be playing every day as Domingo Santana. Santana. Um, unless they think that, you know, th- they're they going to have to do that this year, though. Yeah, but he had never done that kind of a. It's got to be hard for a kid. You hit 30 home runs last year, and Bye. then they go out and they get these two guys and they say, okay, well, guess what? They're starting, and then we have Ryan Braun, so you're, you're going to play once a week. You're going to come from the bench or you're going to go down to the minors right. where we see fit. That's a tough act. Oh, completely. Act, you know, thing for a kid to change but I don't I don't disagree if they tell him look Kane's only going to play 135 games Braun's only going to play 120 games so there's games there's, there's spots right, for there's you out there to play yeah. maybe they keep him maybe people were impressed with him in his pinch hitting this last couple of weeks of the season and they look at him in the year before and say hey he's not making a lot of money let's go get him who knows you're going to have to demand something for him, I think, in return. But, yeah. But you're right. All right, so the World Series heading into Game 2 tonight since it <laughs> <Who> is <cares>? wet. That's <laughs> kind of where I'm at. I watched the first couple innings. It was on in the background. I forgot but, it was on last night, honestly. No, well, you swear to God. Stop. Swear to God. Uh, what was I watching? Oh, I was watching, uh, I was watching whatever game was on NBA TV, and it got to be like 9.30, and I'm like, oh, my God, the World Series is on. And I flicked it over, and it was 8-4. to 4. 
Boston, and I just started smiling and turned it off. Because <laughs> nothing's going to make me happier than watching Watch the Dodgers get lose. Pounded. Yeah. Yeah, I and and you said it when we were walking in that you you thought that maybe the Brewers might not even win a game if they got to the World Series. And yeah, it would be great to 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 get there, but do you really want to have it? You know, okay, if everybody doesn't think you belong there to begin with, and then you get swept by by Boston, then you're kind of kind of a clown show. Well, and I say coming that, out of the National League, and I say that not at. All disparaging the Brewers. No, no. I just think Boston is so much better than everybody this year. And then the second best team in the of the in Major League Baseball was was Houston, and Boston killed them. So I think that I'm not sure the Dodgers win a game in this series. Maybe one that wouldn't, but bother me at all. I don't think this is going to be a very long World Series. Let's check in with Manny Machado and Yasiel Puig if they get swept. See what they think about that. Just, just a. I don't Turds need, in the punch I don't bowl. need to talk to either of those clowns. No, that's fine. All right, so World Series, we'll see what happens. By the time we uh, talk next, baseball season <laughs> will be over. Guys will scatter, and some of them will be playing winter ball. And Brewers on deck in January will be a debacle. Planning on going? Oh, yeah. I always go every year. It's it's a lot of fun. This this year, it's going to be I'm sure. nuts. Okay, so uh, just to kind of put a bow on it, I mean... Exceeded expectations. Oh yeah, by all accounts. Sure. So now, what does that do for next year? Uh, you're, you're thinking you got to at least be in contention for a playoff spot, wild card, division. Um, otherwise, and you ex- you expect them to get back to the NLCS or at least be in no, the mix. I don't. I mean, I I think that they're in has the, the bar most, been raised. They're in the most difficult division in baseball. Uh, I expect the Cubs to. Be the Cubs. Reload. I expect the Cardinals to improve. And Pittsburgh was really pretty damn good this year. They didn't really have a lot of hitting, but their pitching, their starting pitching was outstanding. So I think they're going to be in the mix. Um, you know, teams like the Giants, they're going to go out and spend money. What? Or, where does Bryce Harper end up? Where does Machado end up? So to expect the Brewers, I expect them to compete for the playoffs again. But to expect them to win 95 games, win the division, make the NLCS, that's that's a big, that's a big ask. I would just like them to do better against the Reds. Yeah, well, let's start there. Yeah, let's start against the, having a good. Let's start with having a winning record. It's a team just, at the bottom of their division. Yeah, but that stuff seems to happen. I know, and it shouldn't. Well, that's I want it to. That's what I want to be fixed first. Everything else, great. So you're worried about Scooter, huh? Oh, I don't care about Scooter. <laughs> I'm just tired of losing to bad teams. Yeah. That's all. Really? <laughs> Who's your favorite football team? I was wondering if that was going to be a segue okay. to yeah. our next. Yeah. I didn't get a chance. I wanted to watch the the Bears, the Patriots, and clearly uh, I missed what turned out to be a pretty entertaining football game. You you watch every play? Uh, I watched most of it. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a pretty, it was a good game. Um, Bears should have won again. Well, I don't know. I I wouldn't say that they should have won. Okay. Uh, I mean, they they had a block punt return for a touchdown. They gave up a kick return for a touchdown, and you lose by so there's 14 points. You lose by seven. Um, you know, I I thought it was a nice measuring stick for them. Honestly, mm-hmm. you know, to play against a team like New England, who 
granted, I don't think they're as good as the last couple years, but they're they're playing well right now. They hadn't won on the road until yeah until Sunday. I mean, no Gronkowski. Yep. So you know you, you got them where you want them. You thought that would be a, yep. a positive for the Bears, but also Khalil Mack was banged up. He was clearly not himself. Um, That's having an effect on the entire defense. It well, seems. he changes everything. He you does. Know? He gets the, that pressure on the quarterback, and all of a sudden, those defensive backs look well, a little bit better. I mean, you got Leonard Floyd having a live read this morning, eleven and a half sacks, and in two seasons, he doesn't have one yet. Mm-mm. Akeem Hicks had, you know, four through three games. He hadn't had one since Mac got injured. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, there's a couple of major playmakers that, you know, now that everybody says that guys that are really good elevate those around you. And when that guy's down, clearly production drops off at other places too. Well, most of the experts would tell you the three most important positions in football are quarterback, left tackle, and pass Ed, rusher. And edge rusher, yeah. So, you know, when you lose one of those mm-hmm. guys, it, it or or they're not at 100%, it, it certainly affects the team. And, um, you know, watching, uh, watching my boy Trubisky. Yeah, Jesus. How's, it, how's, how, how's the Mitch Trubisky watch well, going? Update. I think he threw two picks. Yes. One of which was just a really good play by the defensive player. He took it away from the receiver. Yep. Um, I think New England dropped three, <laughs> one of which was in the end zone that hit a guy just right in the numbers, and he dropped it. Um, Trubisky, you you really got to see his athleticism. He had a lot of rushing yards. Yeah, he, he did. A, he had a couple really nice plays scrambling. One he scored a touchdown on. Yep. Very impressive. But then you also would see the bad Trubisky where – and it just it's it's if he doesn't fix it, this team's going nowhere. When he misses, he overthrow he sails yes. them. sails. Yeah. So you see these guys running open, and he's overthrowing them by you know a couple of feet. And it's like you're not only are you missing big play opportunities, you're you're eventually some of these are going to get picked off. Yeah, you can only do that for so long. And then saying all of that, then the last play of the game on a Hail Mary, he underthrows him. The guy catches it at the one and can't get in. It's like, really? You can't make Are you up. kidding me? I mean, in fairness to Trubisky, he had a hand in his face when he threw it. He it did. was a tough throw. Yes, it was. Um, he didn't probably get quite as much on it as he wanted to. It was a pretty, yeah, Kevin White hadn't heard his name in six weeks, and all of a sudden he, he makes that play. And he actually had a pretty decent game yeah, not from overall. So, yeah, but I... But okay. here, but th- here's my All here's right. my thing, and, and we talked about it last year, last week with the stats. Okay, you're a stat guy. I am not. A stat I know guy. you're not. <laughs> Trubisky's stats would tell you, hey, yeah, he played a pretty good game. He had like almost 400 yards passing. Yep. Um, he had like 80 yards rushing. He had a rushing touchdown. I think he ended up with maybe two t- passing touchdowns. If you just if you flip the paper open and read the box score. You would say, "Wow, he had a really good game." If you watched the game, you'd go, "That was no, awful." No, he's he's got a long way to go. Well, I don't. I mean, is it fair to heap that much expectation? I mean, the dude's still fairly new in the league, and I, I mean, I realize you want him to be playing at a top level, and you want the team to uh, make progress and whatnot. But to me. What you're describing is all signs of a quarterback who has the potential to be really good, but just needs a little more time in the league. Oh, there's no question. There's no, I'm not. I'm not disputing that. You know, some, but some of the mistakes are are they're repeating themselves. You know, his accuracy is not improving. That's that's 
Wasn't that a knock on him coming out? Exactly. That's but but when you make the league and all you do now, there ain't no biology class to go to anymore. That's right. All you do is playing football. football. So you know those are the things that you would hope to see some progress in. Um, And and it's just sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. It's very inconsistent. And you know, hopefully, as it goes along here through the rest of the season, I still think at three and three, the Bears have a reasonably good chance to compete for a playoff spot. Oh, but I fully expect them to maybe be in first, if not for sure, second in the after the next five weeks. Yeah, I think Guaranteed. that's very fair. Yes. It's just kind of a matter of, you know, what is does Atlanta get hot? Is Carolina keep winning? Does that's Washington stay where uh, they are? You know, who we don't know. But to me this this division you better win it if you want into the playoffs. I, don't, I agree. I don't think the second place team is going to get one of the wild cards. I agree. I, I mean, you, you kind of have to. Yeah. And and after the next five weeks, I mean, I fully expect. And and Aaron Rodgers said that it's not going to. And I, sorry, I disagree. This five. I don't think you're allowed to do that. I, I'm sorry. The these next five games are going to define how the Packers season winds oh, there's up. There's no. I mean. I, to, to say that it doesn't is foolish. I mean, kind of you only I get think. 16 games. That's I mean, a third of your season. I mean, and, and and you looked at this when the schedule came out. Yeah, right, you right said after, it. Yeah, yeah. When, right after the bye week, and it's like, oh, man. If they're in a tough spot and then those five games crop up, I mean, you got to go west and then you got to go east and then you got to uh, get it home at least and then you got to go back to the west um, and then you wind up next door in Minnesota. So, I mean, it's... You know, four out of the five are on the road, and you're putting on a lot of miles. And the players are talking about it, staying hydrated, getting their rest, you know, staying healthy. Um, uh, and it doesn't start. It starts out with, in my opinion, the hardest game um, on the schedule. No offense to New England, but I don't think the trip to Foxborough is going to be nearly as challenging as going out to L.A. I'd agree. And I would absolutely worry about the health of Aaron Rodgers when Aaron Donald has him in his sights. True. Uh, you know, he's talking about. Uh, ditching the knee brace if he can and make him more mobile and be healthier. I'd want him to wear the knee brace just for a security factor. And to, he and he probably wants to ditch the knee brace because he knows he's going to be running, running for, for his, his life. life. That's right. Yeah. But uh, the good thing is, um, is that the, that Cobb and, and Allison practiced and the and the defensive backs uh, have been practicing. So uh, I think, barring anything major, the team should at least be healthy. Er starting with this five-week stretch. Now, who knows? Um, we still got that side bet for Bulaga missing <laughs> missing a couple of games, and he he went back in, I think, last week yeah. or, or, or two weeks ago after he went out briefly. He's got apparently a back problem that's cropping up, but um, Randall Cobb seems to be like Mr. Glass. Um, very, very fragile these last few seasons, so I don't know whether you can count on him at all, but luckily the, the rookie wide receivers have been... Have been uh, have been contributing. This Valdez Scanling looks like they got a guy in him, which is great because I, I, you probably didn't. Did you read the Rob Demosky piece on on uh, on the Packers and Ted Thompson dissecting how much he missed in his last three years as general manager? No, I did. It, not. It's pretty interesting. And and my cousin Michael and I had a had a chat today about that. And he went back and looked at some of the drafts. And once Thompson won that Super Bowl. The amount of playmakers and starters that he found in the draft 
drops off considerably. Yeah. Considerably. That's interesting. And 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 the last three years of his tenure, um, there's a quote in the article from Damascus, and I don't want to get it wrong, so I'm not going to even try, but it, it basically said he was not, I'm paraphrasing, basically not concentrating or focusing or thinking clearly on some of the players that they, everybody in the draft room at the time wanted TJ Watt. Oh, yeah. And he traded. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the room was set on him. Take him. And nobody could sway him to do it. And then they pick Kevin King, who has been often injured in his first couple of years with, with the team. But it's it's a really good article to dissect. And, and you saw the aggressiveness that Thompson brought. I mean, you know, getting Clay Matthews, trading back up to get him, taking B.J. Raji, um, Jordy Nelly. You know, he finds guys that have been so good at contributing in his first couple of years en route to building that Super Bowl team, and then after you get that championship, it's just a staircase down. Well, I guess that would raise the question, um, you know, going back to who were the front office personnel that he lost in that time period, because maybe those were the guys that should have got a little more of the credit than Thompson did. You know, I mean, very, very, you know, very, was a guy like well. Dorsey around, right. you know, and, and he's gone on to be general manager at a couple other places. Mm-hmm. You know, wh- what were some of these other guys that maybe aren't, with the Packers anymore, what were they doing? Maybe they were the ones that were doing the the most of the scouting and the discovering of the talent, and Thompson was just well, the yay or nay guy. We'll see, because one of his pupils is currently now the general manager. Right. And whether that happens or not, and I know you were... Goober Junk or whatever his name <laughs> That's, is. Really? That's great. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I don't even know if the Packers can win two of these games. I think you got to give them at least one. Uh, maybe they'll get a road win. The Dolphins game's been they'll flexed the to Dol- an afternoon. If Brock Osweiler's still playing against the Dolphins, they'll win. Aaron Rodgers ain't losing to Brock Osweiler. I'll tell you that right now. Okay, but so, the other but, ones but that's in the middle. I I mean the know, Vikings, you couldn't beat them at home. No. I mean I mean that And they're that, playing well now. They're playing a lot better football now than they were in week two. You can't give the, the Seahawks game, no matter how how dysfunctional that franchise is becoming, that's not a gimme out there. It's a rivalry game. It is basically. Um, and the Patriots, you know, you, you don't expect Matt Flynn to throw five, six touchdowns, but playing Foxborough is is not an easy thing either. Um, so I and L.A. I just hope they don't get absolutely crushed. But I'm thinking that that's might. That yeah, might nine be and what, a half is the spread. It, it started at eight and a half, and it's been going up. Yeah, and and uh, I sent you and and cousin Michael that clip today of your boy Cowherd <laughs> talking about that. And Awful. I, I wish there was a, a. I wish I could have placed a bet in Vegas on your reaction to that because I would have won a lot. Of course, a lot you would have. It's it's predictable. I mean, like the weather, it was ridiculous. It's like the sun's going to come up in the morning, and these guys are going to poo-poo whatever this dude's saying. So I, I just I don't put a lot of stock in those guys that are always looking to have an opinion on. I mean, you can well, put. But you was can, the you thought he you thought the opinion was wrong? No, he no, he's not wrong. It's to me, it's just one of those things where I just don't. Okay, fine, that's great. And then Michael and I got into a, a sub conversation about you know that that led into the whole Thompson thing and. It always seems like everybody in the in the division, and and he did bring up a good point. I just can't stand the guy to begin with. He brought up a good point in that everybody in the division seems to be either proactive or reactive. Mm-hmm. So at least you're doing something. Oh, right. they, they made a move. We got to go do something. Mm-hmm. So at least you're you're trying to keep pace. 
it doesn't seem like the Packers really do either of those no. things. Like, we're not worried about what anybody else does. We're not also going to set the table for everybody else to follow. We're just going to do our own thing, and that's comfortable. And when you see all these teams in your division making moves, the Kirk Cousins things, I, you know, I don't care. If it was Case Keenum or Kirk Cousins, to me, that doesn't matter. Keenum had a great year last year. If you would have put him back there with the same guys, maybe he would have been playing the same. Cousins is an established guy. You're going to pay him a lot of guaranteed money. To me, that that's no different than last year, So so what? Okay, they they went and they found a quarterback. Big deal. He's not going to be there long term. The Bears thing does worry me because that's that's happened a couple of times in Chicago mm-hmm. where, where they've gone out to get really good defensive players. Mm-hmm. And whether the Jared Allen thing, you know, worked out or or, or didn't work out or you got enough of Julius Peppers, Peppers yeah. you know, that that, that sort was of, the big one. Yeah. I mean, and that's great. And then people are looking around at Green Bay like, why can't we do that? Mm-hmm. And the Lions seem to make the next sub-level moves, but at least you're raising some eyebrows. Like, They're doing something. Right. What are we doing? We're just sitting on our hands over here. Well, and, and even when you see um, uh, the running back that got traded the other day, uh, Carlos Hyde, uh, it came out two days ago that Patrick Peterson was unhappy in right. Arizona. I'm not saying that, you know, for, you know, scheme-wise, contract-wise, blah, 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 blah. I'm not saying that it would work, but you don't even hear the Packers as teams that are interested, in, interested yeah. or have called. There's there's none of that. And, yeah, it, it's it's odd. I just think it's odd. That they're never in the mix for the real big fish. If they were blowing their drafts out of the water year after year, then you can say, hey, look, this is how we build, but and and we're good. And at we're it. good at it. But like you said, that hasn't been the case for what six, eight years now. <sighs> you're you're wasting your quarterback's prime years. I mean, he didn't go. Gutekinds didn't go out and make a splash. I mean, I think he did what he could to fill in some gaps temporarily. Well, he may be able to find some guys in the draft, and that's lean on that youth. And again, you're maybe not doing your quarterback any favors through that but that's well and maybe it's not even a free agent signing maybe it's you know maybe it's trying to trade up to the sixth pick to get a wide receiver or to get a running back or to get uh, a playmaking corner whatever it might be I will say I'm glad they didn't blow one of their first uh, two first round picks to trade for Amari Cooper I sure. Think, yeah, I, I, think I would th- agree. With I think that. that was a waste. Yeah, I would agree with I, that. I wouldn't expect anything less from the Cowboys. Well, they're so. they're desperate. You know, they're, oh, yeah. they're desperate no, I, to I mean, make the playoffs. It. And so Jerry, uh, Jerry's a risk taker. You know, you put together a good little list about uh, teams that can already start preparing, <laughs> and, and 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 there's good articles out there about people just trashing Gruden and the just the deconstruction of the Raiders and taking a young team. To Vegas and, and Oakland right now is a is a dumpster fire and the head coach doesn't really seem to care. I almost because. think he's trolling us. He, may very he, what, he said today something to the effect of he wasn't even sure that the Amari Cooper trade had gone through yet, <laughs> but yet Amari <laughs> Cooper practiced with the Cowboys today. It's stuff like that that it's like okay. <laughs> This guy's the head coach. He, he he knows this stuff. He's he's messing with everybody. It's like after he traded Clement. Well, we really are concerned about a lack of pass rush. Right. What? Right. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Uh, 49ers, their season ended with Jimmy Garoppolo going down, and you don't even know how good that, that would have been. 
Uh, Arizona, you just touched on. I mean, I mean, that's bad. Just ruining my fantasy season. Thanks, David Johnson. The Giants don't have a quarterback. Eli's bad. Who did they just? Who did they just get that they were counting on to maybe supplant him? I thought they had somebody backup, know. somebody young. Yeah, but that's clearly not what they want anyway. Uh, Buffalo had the. Had the mini little success story with Minnesota and then fell back off the well, radar. Well, and Allen got hurt. Josh Allen's yes. hurt, so that and, slows their progress. And and you had mentioned the Colts last week and that it's, okay, Andrew looks back great, but you got to have somebody on defense that can stop somebody. I don't mind their team that bad. They just can't play they, defense. They can't win. They can't, yeah, they can't finish anybody off. So who's trending? Who's trending up? I mean, we're still right now at the top. It's the Rams. And then the Chiefs. Yeah, pretty, pretty I, I, I much everybody that's leading their division is trending up right now. Everybody, you know, I, I guess the surprising team would be the Redskins. That's where it, that's I was thinking as well. But, well, yeah, but you know, that's the, but the division. It's bad. Bad. It's a bad division. Um, yeah, obviously the Eagles thing last year was a was a fluke. Um, Clearly, you know, they got their they got Carson Wentz back and he's played well. Um, but that team just seems to have lost their edge. You know, last year they had the whole underdog theme Yo, very, going. Very big chip. It's, Absolutely. It's, anybody, you know, you listen to these guys, anybody that wins a championship will tell you it's so much different being the hunted as opposed to the hunter. And they are the hunted this year, and everybody that plays the Eagles is going to give them their, their best shot. And, uh, you know, the Eagles have not been able to respond. Um, Chargers, I like that team. Yeah. I like that team as long as they don't have to kick field goals. Because <laughs> I heard the other day Anthony Lynn, I think, has coached like 21, 22 games for them now, and he's had seven different field goal kickers. Oh my! That's a mate. That's an that's unbelievable. That's not good. How I you know I started to think about this when we were doing the high school game, and I started to think on a bigger level because Kettle Moraine had a really good field goal kicker, and I, I just thought, okay. There's got to be a couple of awesome kickers per state that go to college and improve, but then there are only, you know, 30, uh, is there 30 32, 32 yeah. teams in the NFL? There should be enough really good kickers where kicking is not a problem. Just by odds alone. I don't know. Maybe it's like, uh, it's got to be like standing over a putt at Augusta. When you go out for some of these, it, it, the the pressure has to just be crazy for these guys because they're just standing there for two hours. Right. Hey, we need you. And then it's like, hey, go out and win the game for us. It's like, oh, okay. I, I, I just, you know, I'm trying to reason this thing out just logically, and I'm, I'm not coming up with any good answers, just how kicking can't be better just for the sheer numbers of high school and college kickers, and then the window shrinks for how many teams need a kicker in the NFL, and nobody, a good portion of them, can't find one. I, I just, I just thought of this. Um, it, it, it may or may not be true. I don't know. I don't have any data to look at, but it seems like kicking has gotten worse since they moved the extra point back. And not just on extra points, but just kicking in, general. kicking in general. It's like it screwed these guys completely up. It's like, okay, you don't play from the white tees anymore. You have to play from the blue tees. And everybody's like, w- 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 I don't, I don't, <laughs> what does that mean? I don't get it. It's just bizarre. Well, I, and don't get me wrong. I like that it adds drama. I mean, Baltimore missed an extra point and they lost by one. But with, with like the greatest kicker percentage wise. But, but that's what ever. I mean. 
that's that provides great drama. It does. It, it, does. it does, but at if the same like time, your, if you like your football games being decided by the skinny non-athlete that's kicking into the net for two hours okay. by himself, okay. I mean, just you know, <laughs> eh. putting that out there. All Let's right. just have everything be a two-point conversion and just. I'm fine. You know, I'm, I'd be fine with the that. NFL wants to I'd get rid of kickoffs, kickoffs anyway. so we don't even need them. Just, just get rid of extra points, that. field goals. Fine, just you, put it yeah. to two. Everybody yeah. goes for it on that's fourth it. down. You got to go for two. Oh, go for it on fourth. Let's just turn this into Canadian football. Let's do it. XFL. I don't know. I mean, I know you're not as big a football guy as I am. I love the fact that I can wake up in the morning on some Sundays and football is on at 8:30 in the morning. And I'm not even living cool. on the, and I'm not even living on the West Coast. Yeah. Like when I talked to Pete and, and Joe and they lived out in California, it, you know, you'd wake up, you'd take care of the family, get breakfast, you'd turn around, football at 10 a.m. Pacific time. I like it great because pregame shows I think are just worthless. Other than telling me like who's injured and who's not injured, so I know who to play in fantasy football. But the other ninety eight percent of the show is just garbage. If you gave me a half hour pregame show to break down every game, I'd probably watch. Sure, because things would fly so fast. But instead, you spend two three hours. But you send Aaron Andrews to Carolina to sit down with Cam. I don't care. No, I don't want to hear what he has to say. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you. On you know, that, and it's just yeah, I'm, it's kind of passe to me. Is Jacksonville going to move to London? Are are, are the Jaguars <laughs> no. going to go? Something happened where the owner had a bid in, I believe, to buy Wembley Stadium, and he pulled out. So I don't think okay. that's going to happen. Now, well, the Jaguars but, are always playing there. Yeah, and they're back again this week against Philadelphia. Um, and again, that's the early Sunday morning game. Uh, we already talked about the Packers and the Rams. Chicago gets a, I mean, Sam Darnold should be. Jets are banged up. A decent test, though. They're signing ba- wide receivers off the street. Bears should win. They should win. At home, um, they should win. Seattle could do us a favor and knock off the Lions. Yeah, you, you want to talk about a game that I wouldn't bet on if my life depended on it. It's that one, because I have no idea who those two teams are. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. Detroit. Could play like they did against Green Bay, or they could go out and score 13 points, and and Stafford could be throwing the ball at people's feet all day. (laughs) Who knows? I thought the Browns were actually going to tie again. I know last week, and I want them to go. Loved it. I want them. I think they're what are they two five and one. I want them to go like played eight games already. Are they two four and one? Then sounds. I want them to go like four four and eight. Would that be great? I that fine with me. I'd love it. People would be losing their minds. I would be losing my mind because of ties. <laughs> God, Baltimore and Carolina. There's your there's your guy Cam Newton you just no, talked I, about, but that's it should be okay. Minnesota against the Saints. That's a good one. That should be a good one. Yeah, rematch um, of the the Minnesota miracle oh, from man. last year. I can't get enough of this or Paul Allen. His call of the Favre throwing the interception oh, yeah. at the NFC Championship game. Yep. Yep. So that should be not bad. All right, another good. I plan on watching a lot of football, a lot of football this weekend. Um, Bucks are playing tonight, late game, part of a doubleheader. As we sit here at the moment, they start in about fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me about the Fiserv because we're going to go there for a high school game, yep. and, and we don't know where we're going to be set up. I will be very interested in that. But um, you've been there now. Couple times? Nope, just once. once. Uh, okay. Friday night, I went for the home opener. Um, extremely impressed. Yeah, yeah. Um, Good design. How's the area look? Because you know, you you get the big 
the big picture, and mm-hmm. the arena's right in the middle, and they have... Oh, you mean the outside? Yeah. No, I mean just because they had that whole area, like, mocked up as... A very welcoming, you know. Well, it's not completely okay. done. They're right. still doing some building there. I believe they're trying to get some shops down okay. there. Um, they did have the large area with the the huge screen on the wall. Um, that place was mobbed after the end of the Buck game with people standing around drinking Brewers? beer, watching Brewer okay. game. Um, and the night that the Brewers, I think it was the Rocky game when they were on MLB Network and nobody could get it. A lot of people went down there, just congregated, and just outside. congregated and watched it, which is what they want. That's, That's pretty cool. cool. All right, um, so that was neat. Um, the The arena is beautiful. Um, the Panorama Club on the top top level is pretty amazing. Um, got a nice high end bar up there. The food is uh, the food selection there is is excellent. They got a Chick fil A. They've got some barbecue <laughs> places, some okay. pizza places. Um, I actually had a grilled a grilled cheese sandwich with bacon on it there that yes. night. Uh, they got some macaroni and cheese stations, so they got a ton of different stuff. Um, I thought the you know we sat uh, center court upper deck about fifth sixth row, uh, great vantage point. Um, the sight lines are are great. Are you on top of the court? Is it very no, steep? Or it's is nothing it like the Bradley back. Center okay. was. It's much more of a of a gradual a incline, incline okay. than right. the, than the Bradley Center was. Lot more lower bowl seats. Okay. Um, than the Bradley Center was. Um, so yeah, all, all in all, very impressed. Uh, excited to go back again. Um, well, it helps that the team's off to a good start. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this offense seems to be, they, what did I read, that they, they were averaging 25 threes about last year, and that put them in the back third of the league, or the back quarter of the league, and now they're they're third in the league when they attempt 40 mm-hmm. threes a night, and so far they're putting up some pretty good offensive numbers. Yeah, and the good part about it is they're not just shooting 40, they're making, you know, 17, 18% of them, yeah. you know, so that's pretty good. Um, they're 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 a very entertaining team to watch. They're they're three and all. Um, and yeah. it seems like the players, from what I hear for comments, they're energized by this. They are. It's a, it's a lot more of a fun way to play when the ball's moving and everybody's touching it, as opposed to more isolation, which Jason Kidd had them doing. Um, I really, I, I've watched all three games, and Giannis has put up huge numbers. I th- I think he's played like crap. Uh, he's got as many turnovers so far through three games as he does assists. Um, I think he's had five fouls in two of the three games, and uh, about half of those are charging fouls. He he's still him, trying man. to kind of figure out where he's supposed supposed to go. Um, they're kind of trying to make him uh, uh, more of a playmaker as opposed to being the you know he's still going to be their leading scorer. Um, but you know, throw the ball into him. He's working the, more in the post as opposed to under kid. They had him up more towards the foul line, so they're they're asking him to draw more double teams, which is leaving guys open on the perimeter. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, guys like Brooke Lopez and and Urson and Malcolm Brogdon, and they've been knocking shots down. Um, the bad thing that I'm seeing from this team is in two of the three games they've had huge leads and blown those leads, mm-hmm. but. When you play and shoot a lot of threes, you're going to have a Major stretch where you, uh, we might make six out of eight. Right. Then they make one, one out of their ten. next 15. Yeah. So you're going to have those big swings. Um, it's just a matter of can they weather them. I think they'll be fine. They're they're very well coached. They seem to be playing with a lot of confidence. they and, got a big uh, week, though. I mean, they, they do. They got four games this week, and yeah. they, they kicked it off nice. 
Um, I don't know much about the opponents. I mean, they got um, well, they got Philly tonight. Philly tonight, which, which is a tough one. Geez, you see the Joel Embiid flop. Well, yeah, that's he, he. What in the world? He's a really good player, but that team's never going to win anything until he figures out that you know it's a basketball game, not a play. <clears throat> you know, don't mm-hmm. be. You don't need to be doing all that acting. But they got the Magic, and then who else? Well, they got the they got Timberwolves. at Minnesota yes. Friday, yep. which which will be a tough one. That's always a tough one up there. And then they're home for Orlando on Saturday, and then home for the Kawhi Leonard led Raptors on Monday, which will be another tough one. So. Um, you know, you get through this stretch, uh, you know, two and two, three and one. Uh, you know, it'd be a pretty nice way to to start the season out. We got some other NBA notes down on our. Did you see that fight around? Yes, with Rondo and Chris Paul. Yes, I saw the little, you know, a little bit of spit coming out there, which didn't even look that big. That just touched off the whole melee. Well, the thing about that was Brandon Ingram. The 19-year-old, six-foot-ten kid for the Lakers who weighs about 110 pounds is the one that starts the whole thing. Then the Rondo Chris Paul thing starts up, and Ingram comes in from like half court on a dead sprint and just tries to start sucker punching guys. And it's like, I know LeBron's on your team now, but I'm not sure you need to be fake tough guy when you're weigh 100 and literally like 175 pounds. Um, you know, there's some big dudes in this league. I know centers are a way of the past, but uh-huh. there's still some pretty big dudes in there. And I'm not sure you want to come in throwing blind haymakers at people when you're <laughs> when you're uh, that skinny. But it was a pretty good fight. You don't see punches land in the NBA much anymore. You don't see them land in most of the major sports uh-uh. except for hockey. Well, that's, foot, that's about uh, it. I mean, you see them land in football, but, but these guys are punching helmets, helmets so it's not real intelligent. Matter. No, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, uh, you have a note about the death of Paul Allen. As, as it relates to the NBA. Well, yeah, and I just found this kind of cool. Not that he died. Wait, wait a minute, what? But um, <laughs> most people, you know, he, him and Bill Gates were the founders of Microsoft, yes. so the guy's a gazillionaire. Um, most people know him as the owner of the Seahawks. Yes. Uh, owned them for years, obviously won a Super Bowl with them. Um, what most people don't know, he owned the Portland Trailblazers since 1988, so he had owned them for 30 years. And was a extremely successful owner and one of probably really, if you look at it, one of the great owners in the history of sports, if you consider where he owned those teams, mm-hmm. I mean, Seattle and Portland aren't exactly huge media markets. No, Northwest is not no. a, a giant. And when we were kids, Seattle was nothing. Nope. They were in the AFC West. Nobody cared about nope. them. They were the fifth team out of five over there. Um, and he kind of turned them into, uh, you know, with the hiring of Holmgren back mm-hmm. from the Packers, they kind of turned that around. But in his 30 years with Portland, I just thought this was interesting. He made two finals, five conference finals. They won. They made the playoffs in 23 of his 30 years. That's really good. That's a pretty good run. Yes. And they were victim of some of the most horrible luck <laughs> of any team I can think of in the last 25 years. They draft a kid named Brandon Roy who was rookie of the year and he ends up playing like three years and has to retire because he has like a degenerative knee condition and he just can't play anymore. And during that time, they also get the number one pick in the draft and they pick Greg Oden over Durant, which at the time wasn't crazy. And Greg Oden plays, I believe he played like 85 games for them total. And then he had that. And he had the, he kept the, the knee recurring surgery. knee surgeries and, and was never able yeah, to well play. Yeah, well, they talked about that knee surgery of where you had to 
chip away some bone to make sure your feet were. Yeah, he had one leg. Sa- yeah, one leg was longer, longer than, than the other. other. That's, That's not crazy. an easy thing. No. Yeah, we're just going to make sure your legs are even. Yeah. Oh, by the way, you run up and down a court for a living. This won't be a problem. But you know, I mean, he 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 makes the finals. His second year as an owner, they lose to the Pistons, the Bad Boy Pistons. Then the next year, they lose in the conference finals to Magic's Lakers. Then the next year, he loses in the finals to Michael's Jordan's Bulls. That's a nice little run. Yeah. Then he gets at the end of the '90s. He runs into Shaq and Kobe. Can't get past them. You know. And then yeah, now they get good again, and you've got. Steph Curry and Durant and the Golden State Warriors, and it's like you just keep running into these dynasties that couldn't quite get over the hump. But I just thought it was pretty interesting, pretty cool. Um, you know, a great owner, For a good and, owner, yeah. That's... And uh, he'll be he'll you don't be have a lot of... in, in both both NFL and NBA. You don't have a lot of great owners, not anymore. Now nowadays, no, no. All right, let's briefly touch on the Badgers. Um, I listened to a little bit of the Illinois game. Uh, I don't think there was any question that Wisconsin. Should have stomped them, and uh, and and they did. Um, the Northwestern game, to me, is going to be one of the de- one of the defining games here in the in the last few weeks of the season. Can I just ask one question about sure. the Illinois game? I didn't watch a ton of it, but okay. what's going on with Lovey's beard, man? Oh, is that bad? Did you see that thing? Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> that's bad. bad. Like, I t- <laughs> is I, he trying to be like? Is I, he trying to look like Santa? Nice. Sure, it was long. It was and I totally gray. I hadn't seen any. Of I hadn't them this seen se- him in like three years. Yeah, this season. I mean, I saw him when they played, and you know, he was always looking like the same lovey. And then I was listening to the radio before I got home, and then I turned it on, and I just went, "What the hell?" Yeah, that no, that's not him. Yes, that's him. I good, I guess that's good, what happens when you live in Champaign, Illinois. <laughs> it's nothing to do. Good lord! So I'm going to try a new look. <laughs> Uh, Northwestern always seems to give Wisconsin fits. They got a good senior quarterback in Clayton Thorson. Uh, the secondary still banged up. You got defensive lineman Loudermilk is still out. Sagapalu hasn't practiced. He had a knee brace on uh, yesterday. So uh, again, the the pass rush is non-existent. The linebackers are going to have to do most of the work, and that puts pressure on the secondary. And all those guys are banged up. So. Uh, this is they never play well at Ryan Field. No, they, they've split the last twelve meetings, um, and Wisconsin in that time has in those twelve meetings has won once at Ryan Field, and that was in twenty sixteen. That was Chris' second year as head coach. So no matter, and Wisconsin's favored by a touchdown. Well, I think that I, I, I wouldn't touch that line. Northwestern would probably deny this and say that uh, Illinois is their top rival. I, I would call BS would, on that. I think it's the Badgers. Badgers. I think that the Badger program has, for the last 25 years, really been their measuring stick because when we were kids, those were the two bottom feeders of the Big right. Ten. Year after year after year, it was basically who was going to go 1-10 in and the one win was going to be against each other. And then Alvarez came in, and then Randy Walker came in, yep. and then they started to elevate. Northwestern, uh, they did. They made a, the Rose Bowl yes, the year did. after the Badgers I think did. it was Fitzgerald's senior year because he broke his leg. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I think he was an All-American that that year, and I don't think he played. And then they just got absolutely steamrolled uh, in the Rose Bowl, to my recollection. It's a pretty cool rivalry, actually, you know, because there's a lot of nerds on both sides. <laughs> And they both think they're better than everybody. So it's it's fun that one of them has to go home mad. Well, I like that. Well, the, 
right now you don't win this game, you could probably kiss the the West goodbye. Yeah. Um. I mean, Purdue is there, and they're what still was that the other night. They're still a dog to Michigan State. I think by three in East Lansing, but you see that they can do it, and this is why you don't necessarily count Ohio State in every year because they seem uh, Iowa steamrolled them last year, mm-hmm. and now Purdue did the same thing this year. Um, but more, I mean, more of the West Iowa is playing Penn State. Um, you got that Purdue game. So, I mean, this is, this is one of those games, either everybody can lose in this, they're still there. Or if those other teams seem to pull it out and Wisconsin loses, you could probably kiss that g- g- goodbye. Cause you got, I mean, you got Rutgers next week, then you got a trip to happy Valley and then, and then Minnesota skill on your schedule. I think you got Purdue still left. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you need this one for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big one. So, all right, we're well. Uh, what, one more thing okay. on the college thing I wanted to touch on real quick. We've just hit the hour mark. It Go just ahead. came out today that the the this there's a college basketball scandal that's been going yes, on. Yes, three guys were were found guilty. I think three right? guys were found guilty of wire fraud for uh, some under the table payments of players. Um, schools like Kansas, Louisville, yep. NC State, Arizona, LSU are all uh, involved in that. So that's going to be kind of interesting to see, you know, how that plays out. Um, I'd like to not we we won't do it today, but I'd like to maybe as we get closer to the basketball season, talk a little bit about um, the pay paying for play. Sure. You know, um, yeah, this is I've, something I've, you have I've, strong I've, opinions on, I, and I and I've waffled a little bit recently back and forth on this, so I, I think it'd be fun to talk about. Um, the other thing was um, this kid uh, Darius Baisley. He is the number thirteen prospect in the in the. What what is should be the freshman class this year? Okay, um, he was a McDonald's All American last year. Six nine kid uh, was uh, committed to Syracuse, backed out, decided that he didn't want to go to college and was going to and uh, join the G League. And you, the one and done rule prohibits a high school kid from entering the draft, but they are allowed to play in the G League for one year. So this is kind of a backdoor and, yes, deal. And okay. then enter the draft, but he can't be called up from the G League this year. Okay. <clears throat> He's represented by LeBron's Clutch Sports Agency. All right. And it came out today that he's now going to do an quote-unquote internship with New Balance of all shoe companies where they're going to pay him starting in January. He's going to work there for three months as an intern. They're going to pay him a million dollars to do this. An internship for a million bucks. An internship for a million bucks. It's also tied into a shoe deal where if he meets certain parameters in the first couple years of his career, he can make as much as, I think, $14 million. Um, It's just interesting if this is something that is a unique situation for this kid or is this something that we're going to see going forward? Um the one and done rule, it sounds like is going to be gone in a couple of years, but they haven't ironed all that out. In years past, like Brandon Jennings went over to Italy and yep. played instead of going to college. A couple other guys have done that. This internship thing, I mean, it, 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 you know, everybody likes to talk about how shady college sports is. You don't get more shady than this. <laughs> I mean, this is just, you know, kind of a joke. Interns that aren't even paid. Well, we're giving you the experience. How and, about a million yeah. dollars? And Rich Paul, okay. the agent, was on ESPN today saying, all oh, this kid, he's going to get all this valuable experience and blah, blah, blah. You know, he's going to be ahead of his peers and how the business works. And it was funny. Tracy McGrady was sitting next to him and he goes, yeah, that's great. He goes, but when is he going to play basketball? <laughs> like, where is he going to play? Well, I'm sure. The why? I'm sure they'll find ways to, to get him It's the middle of a basketball. Like, there's nobody to play with. Mm-hmm. 
it's I don't know. It's just I it was weird. I found it interesting. So right. just wanted to let you know. All right, we didn't do a top five last <laughs> week because we were all just too pissed off uh, at pretty much everything that was taking place, and we didn't really have any creative brain cells uh, flowing. Uh, you came up with a good one, kind of to celebrate the end of the baseball season. We're we're movie nerds, and you uh, talked about your top five baseball movies. Yep, I love it. Yeah, you, you want to go first? You go first. Start go at the first. bottom. Yep. Um, I couldn't narrow it down. There were a bunch that I wanted to make the list, so I just took the, that group and looked at the one that I was just most entertained by on rewatchability, and that was Mr. Baseball. Okay. I am just I I love that movie. That's a good one. It, That's uh, a good one. Uh, it's not that good, but the the one liners in it and and Selleck over in Japan. Yeah, Tom Selleck's pretty with, classic in that. With some of the, the and the way he doesn't really adapt and some of the things that he says over there to offend people, he pulls it off really well. Oh yeah, really well. Yes. So I I mean the, I can't even say the line when he walks out of the dugout and he's he's addressing the Japanese media for the first time. And it, let's just say that he alludes to his mustache. Yes. And the the really attractive woman that he starts dating starts speaking English, and his face just drops. <laughs> yeah. It's really I, I'm I'm always entertained by by Mr. Baseball. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, for number five for me, um, it's a little bit of a hot button topic. I've heard some people love it, some people think it's overrated. Um, for me, it's kind of. Kind of right in the middle. I think it's okay. properly rated. That'd be Field of Dreams. Okay. Um, you know, it's a good father-son movie. Um, if you watch it the whole way and you really invested in it and you don't get kind of a little goosebump teary eye at the it, end. Right. But I. But at the same time, it is a little sappy. It, and it, there's not much baseball. Not really, no. I mean, it's more history. Yes. You know, that kind of stuff. But right. there's the, the baseball is very limited. Yep. But, but that made, that's my number four. Okay. That's your so, number four. Yep. Uh, my number four, I, and it, it was... It could have been any of the top ones, but it ended up being number four. The original Bad News Bears. That's a good one. That, I mean, that, come that, on. That Walter Matthau's Buttermaker. It's just drinking beer in the dugout. Tanner swearing at everybody. Timmy hey. the Looper with, you know, picking his nose and catching flies. <laughs> hey, Engelberg. It's just, it's classic. <laughs> that's, that's it's classic. Um, number number three for me is a, is a great, I didn't grow up in that that time period, but I, I kind of wish that I would have a little bit because... I think it was a lot better than what kids do now for entertainment. The Sandlot. Okay. You know, I would have liked to have been in that neighborhood where guys go together and get to the field and just start taking infield, taking batting practice. To me, that would have been really fun. Oh, I mean, it, right now it takes so much effort just to get anybody to do anything. Well, and to be able to have that many kids in the exactly. same age bracket that lived in you the got area. a team. Yeah. You know, that, and to me that that was really fun. You and, play ball like a girl. And just the, just the experiences that the kids go through together while, while growing up playing baseball. It's To me, that that's a great movie. Benny the Jet, yeah. Yep, right. Uh, number three for me. I mean, there's one quote that says it all. Avoid the clap, Jimmy, Jimmy Dugan. Dugan. A league of their own. <laughs> I love that movie. It's it, you know, it's about the the women's professional baseball yep. league. Um, it's classic. Lovitz is amazing in it in he his in is. his small role. It's kind of it's great. Like you want more of them, but yeah. at the same it's time, perf- it's, perfect. it's perfect. It is. Um, Tom Hanks is great as the manager. <laughs> And uh, I, I just got a kick out of it. I, it was a fun movie. It was uh, it it, it kind of gets you a little bit at the end. It's, it chokes you up a little bit when the sisters are playing against each other for the championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I always like that one. 
Number two for me is the natural. Okay. Um, there is very there are very few chill scenes in movies that give you really big goosebumps. And the end when he hits it into the lights using the kid's bat after his cracked uh, and split in half, and then the whole stadium light system explodes, yep. and and the music during that whole thing, which is used in ballparks around the country, if you can hear it in the background. Um, to me, that is one of the best baseball movies that I can rewatch time and time again. Uh, two for me is The Sandlot. We already talked about yep. that one. So uh, My number one. I'm I, sure it's probably mine, too. Same two is Major League. Yeah, yeah. I, you can't get better than Bob Euchre. Um, and I think that's why. That's probably it, why it's. Euchre's in it. They filmed it at County Stadium. You had Vukovic. Yep. Who was there? I mean, you know, in, in addition to the stars, you actually had some guys that were ball players. I mean, you can see the TMJ4 thing. Uh, you can tell that it's County Stadium for people that are there. Nobody that had been to County Stadium probably didn't even know that. But right. us that see the scoreboard and see the stands, like, that looks familiar. To, that movie t- is great, obviously, for all of the the quotable lines yes. in it, but. It was kind of the white men can't jump of baseball, where it was kind of the first time you got to see a little bit of the rawness and the the behind the curtain of what really goes on with these guys, and uh, I just really enjoyed that one. But uh, just a couple honorable mentions I yes. got for you. Bull Durham. Yeah, a lot but of people say that that's a chick flick. It's a rom-com. That's why I go. didn't make yep. my list. Um, rookie of the Year. I mean, Henry Rose, Rosenbagger. <laughs> Garden Hoser. Yeah. Um, a, a really good baseball movie. It if you, is. If you, my next one is a really good baseball movie if you, if you take out all the chick stuff. Oh, uh, hold on. Um, Kevin Costner? Yep. Uh, shoot. Perf, uh, the the perf, For Love of the Game. For Love of the Game. Yep. That, and you're right. That's a good. It's The baseball you, stuff is fantastic. If you splice out everything else. Take Kelly Preston out, out of the movie. And it's actually really good. Clear the mechanism. It's fantastic, <laughs> and one. you got John C. Riley as the catcher, which How? is which is amazing. <laughs> he winds up score, yes. But the one that was the toughest to leave off my list, Pride of the Yankees. Never the, seen the it. Lou Gehrig story. Never seen it. And Gary Cooper giving Lou Gehrig's speech at the end. The real Babe Ruth is in the movie. Uh, if you've never seen that, that's uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to put that on the list. It's an old one, but it's yeah, it's pretty fantastic. Pretty fans of baseball movies. All right. Yeah. Well, we accomplished a lot. Yeah. Hopefully we're more positive than last week. I feel like we were. I think so. Now I got to go home and watch the Bucks. Yeah, you had tip off eight minutes ago. I got Ted to listen to on the way home. We're good. There you go. Yeah. All right. That's the intentional foul for this week. Appreciate you listening. And for the download, you can subscribe wherever podcasts are found. And we will uh, hopefully be back uh, next week. We'll see how the Packers road trip winds up. We'll talk football. Baseball will be put to bed. And... Uh, more bucks as well. So keep listening, folks. We appreciate we it. We do appreciate it. I'm Josh. I'm Dan. Have a good night. Later. <laughs>